are entering the Freedom Hut. The Democrats are starting to tell us who they really are. They don't believe in the rule of law when it comes to immigration. In fact, more and more of them are slipping up and letting the public know that they are in favor of abolishing enforcement of our immigration laws in favor of an open borders society that would destroy the country we know. Plus, the left has completely lost their minds. They are now calling for rage mobs to form around administration officials. And some people are cheering this behavior despite the fact that it is grotesque. It crosses a red line. And it's time for us to put a stop to it. That and more coming up on the Buck Sexton Show. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Where the mission mission is to decode what really matters. With actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. You're a great American again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Already, you have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who's saying, no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. You get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, everybody. Great to uh, have you here with me. Um, And you just started to get a sense, I think, there of what we are up against and what we are dealing with. Uh, We have reached a point in time where the uh, where the Democrat media, where the left truly believes that the way that they should uh, go forward, the way that they should deal with their ideological opponents is to harass them is to create situations where there could be conflict. There, in fact, could even be violent conflict. That's what we're finding out here. That was from Maxine Waters. Now, she's a member of Congress, so this isn't just some random person. This isn't just a situation where we found someone who's taking the most extreme point of view, somebody who is going to... uh, obviously represent a very small constituency. You know, Maxine Waters is somebody who will go on TV. She's, you know, she's treated as a respectable elected politician in American society. And she's out there saying, you know, you, you, you've got to harass people. You got to go after them. That's the way to deal with this. Now, why is there such a focus on this right now? There's such a focus because over the weekend at the Red Hen restaurant, I will note that before you start doing Google searches, there are many different red hens across the country. So this is the one in Virginia. Let's not get all angry at the Red Hen restaurant in central Massachusetts or wherever it is. Uh, But at the Red Hen restaurant, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was out there. And she took it up or rather the owner took it upon herself to tell Sarah Huckabee Sanders that she should leave and she should get out. Now, she was out there with family and friends trying to have a meal. I got to tell you, there are only a few relatively sacred things left in our political discourse in terms of how we treat each other. And 
if you can't go out now as a member of this administration, if you can't go out and have a meal in peace, this country's got big problems. If you can't go out there and not be political 24-7, and if there are folks who think that it is their role to go up to you and say, you know what, we'd really like it if uh, you never ate in our restaurant again, or you know, you're not welcome here. What do they think that's going to do for discourse? This is childish. It's really dangerous because of what it leads to. And it's unwise. It is childish, dangerous, and unwise. I think all of those are accurate ways to describe what's gone on here. Um, But they're really not backing down from it. In fact, you see a lot of people, some with huge social media followings, who are saying, well, it's a small price to pay compared to what's going on at the border. Where does that end? If, if everything is going to be justifiable based upon what the left says is near Nazi-like activity at the border, that's what they're saying. And don't take my word for it. Uh, here, we've got uh, play clip 12. Actually, we'll play clip 12 in a moment because our computer has frozen in New York City. This is the, the joys of live radio, my friends. We will play it, though, in just a moment. Uh, but they are calling people Nazis. They're saying that there are Nazi uh, Nazi sympathizers in the administration, that the president's acting like a Nazi by separating kids at the border. If they really... Oh, go ahead and play it, John. This is the United States of America. It isn't Nazi Germany. That's what Hitler said about Jews, infesting. The Jews were vermin in Nazi Germany. It is also what happened in Nazi Germany. I feel that we are in pre-Nazi Germany. I know we're not Nazi Germany, all right? But there is a commonality there. How did Hitler get all the power that he got? Did people just stand by and say nothing and do nothing? If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis. Standing at the border like Nazis. Just like Nazis. These people are morons. They really are. And those were big... Big voices in the media, multi-millionaires, big platforms, they are idiots who are either wildly historically ignorant or just so disingenuous, dishonest, just liars. You're going to compare temporary separation of people. You know, you know th- there's all this stuff going on now where, where they're acting like we're going out and splitting up families. The U.S. government is going out and taking families and saying, you know what? We're going to separate you just because what we found out from the photo, which was the iconic photo that everyone's pointing to is, oh, look what's going on with the children at the border. What we found out is that that woman wasn't fleeing imminent violence, had a husband at home, wasn't the first time she crossed in the country legally. She made an affirmative decision to break the laws of the United States to financially benefit herself. And now we're being told. Oh, it's it's so terrible, and it's like Nazi Germany. No, these are people that are trying to get around our laws. They're violating. They're they're actively and knowingly violating U.S. sovereignty. Now, I'm not saying that you know we should be building electric electrified fences and you know pits with crocodiles in them and everything, but I am saying we got to be able to deport people. And what you are seeing now is the left. The mask has dropped with the left. Now you're starting to see that the open borders tendency is becoming 
a little more out in the open. You're starting to see people that are willing to come out and actually say that, that they are doing, they are, uh, they want open borders. They want to abolish immigration and customs enforcement. You know, we, we, I want to get into all that immigration piece and just, that's going to be a big part of the show today, but I'm, but I'm not done yet with the civility issue. You know, last week, in the last week, let's say, we've had uh, Sarah Sanders chased out of a restaurant, and, and I believe I saw reports, I wasn't able to confirm this before I went on air, saw reports that she may have been followed by the that restaurant, the Red Hen restaurant owner, which Trump tore apart today and said looked like dingy and dirty and, you know, old. Uh, Trump is... Sometimes he's so amazing. I really, I really just want to walk over and just be like, high five, Mr. President. You're amazing. But, you know, so she gets kicked out of the red hen. And I, I can't help but take this a little personally because, you know, like I'm not, I'm not doing CNN these days, obviously. So people don't see me on the treadmill or in the airport like they used to. But I'm a conservative that is known and occasionally catches the ire of the left. And I think that they also, I, I come across, I'm a polite fellow, and I think I come across as somebody who would be reasonable in, in person and in a public setting. But, you know, some protester gets up in my face if I'm trying to have a meal with Miss Molly. Protester's in for a surprise. Buck's not going to handle that. Buck's not going to be, be gentle with them. It's not going to go well for them. Uh, but that's not where we should be as a country and as a society. I shouldn't even have to think about this. But it's hard not to feel like, here I am in D.C. And remember, Sarah Sanders was out in, in Virginia a couple of hours from the district, the swamp. She, she fled the swamp, and the swamp found her is what ended up happening. But people were saying this was okay. They're saying, yeah, because the Trump administration is so bad. Imagine for a moment you had had any similarity or, 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 or this slew of events that occurred during the Obama administration. I mean, we had Sarah Sanders chased out of a restaurant. We had a Republican... Uh, official in Florida heckled and chased out of a movie theater. Police had to arrive and, and get her out of there. Uh, we had a, a, I guess, reasonably well-known actor threatened Baron Trump. The kid's like 12 or something, 10. He's like a little kid. These people are a disgrace. They're just a disgrace. And, uh, and we had uh, Stephen Miller was, but he probably just gave the protesters this, the cold Stephen Miller death stare and, that must have terrified them. I bet they're still having nightmares. But Stephen Miller got, he got harassed and heckled. That's also here in D.C. People think this is okay. Look, I, I think Obama was a, a bad president, and I think he did a lot of things that hurt this country. But if anybody ever stepped out of line about his kids, I would have said, and I believe every conservative I know of honor and decency would have said, hey, unacceptable, okay? Beyond that, you know, if I saw David Axelrod out to dinner when he was Obama's chief consigliere and he was out with his family, not only would I not heckle him, if I saw people heckling him, I would have words with the hecklers. This is not okay. This is not the country I want to live in. It's not the America I want to be a part of. All right. Everyone should be allowed their private space. Remember, we're talking about political disagreements. We're not talking about mass murders here. We're not talking about war criminals. But, you know, you see a recurring theme. When the left can't win the argument, they become increasingly shrill. They are becoming desperate now because the administration is doing well. The economy is booming. And what is the answer from the left? Trump is a Nazi? Have they just, the people saying this, have they never read a book? Do they not know anything about 
you know, I've got a whole shelf just about totalitarianism, authoritarianism. I've got a, a book that's just a deep dive history into the SS. I could give this to them. It would give them nightmares if they read it, but they're not going to read it. Trump's a Nazi. Trump. What a what a grotesque, not just overstatement, but a lie. You know, make the case. Make the case that Obamacare is not a disaster. Good luck with that. Make the case that we shouldn't have open borders. Good luck with that. But don't run around inciting harassment, and with it will come violence. You know, people say, oh, Maxine Waters, in that clip we started out with, she's just saying, get in their faces and, you know, yell at them. That, that lead, that, that's a very aggressive thing to do. That, that leads people to feel threatened, and they may respond as though they have been threatened. And I, and I want to just mention this. We, we've got a lot to get into here about this and the, the decrepit and detestable culture of, uh, of aggressive and, you know, ag- aggressive and very personal and very nasty politics on the left now, which is just being magnified by all the different media outlets. And it's just disgusting. And they're, they're going after Trump people in a way that they should be ashamed of. But beyond that, it was almost a year ago to the week. I mean, w- within a couple of weeks, it was almost exactly a year ago that a Bernie Sanders supporting leftist tried a mass assassination of conservative members of Congress, specifically going after conservative members of Congress because of what he believed he was being told by the media and what the narratives were out there about how the country is devolving into fascism. The country is being destroyed by these authoritarian monsters. Trump is going to lead us into a nuclear war. Trump is going to put people in internment camps, which are things that people are saying now openly. And so what I want to say to all of you, and I want to go on the record right now with this, is that these voices, these elected officials, these members of the media and others, so-called activists, who are using this overheated rhetoric right now, they know what they are doing is reckless, they know it is dangerous, and they do not care. And the only way they will ever be held responsible is if a tragedy happens. And it might. You and I remember. We don't let them slither away from this. We don't let them pretend like they had no hand in creating this environment and this atmosphere. And we hold them accountable. That is the only way. 844-900-2825. 844-900-BUCK. We've got a lot more coming. And by the way, if you want to, you can watch on a uh, live stream right now. We're live streaming the show on Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. So if you want to see what it looks like here in the hut, check it out. We'll be right back. And the separation and deportation of over 10,000 children separated from their parents. How can you enjoy a Mexican dinner as you're deporting and imprisoning? Tens of thousands of people who come here seeking asylum in the United States. Abolish ICE! Abolish ICE! Abolish ICE! Shame! 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 What would Mr. Rogers think about you and your legacy in Florida? Taking away health insurance with people with pre-existing conditions, Sam Bondi. Shame on you! Shame on you! Shame on you! Shame on you, Camp Bonnie. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, 
in a department store at a gasoline station. You get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. IS liberals, they all they have to do to have a shot at the midterms is not be crazy. And they can't do it. They can't do it. Do you hear that woman yelling at Pam Bondi? That's what she, like, the Florida, she's some Florida elected official or something. What is she, Mike? I forget what her title is. Inspector General of Florida, Attorney General of Florida, yeah. This woman's like, how can you take health care away from people? It's like, do you think you're making your case? Do you think this is, you know, there are really two simultaneous points here. On the, on the harass flash mob mentality going on here harass trump people make flash mobs up two two related points one it's a jerk thing to do it's a jerk move it just is you shouldn't do it you shouldn't harass people in public places for no reason okay people should be allowed everybody should be allowed their private space all right we're not like i said we're not talking about mass murderers here although they are talking about nazis a lot which is crazy but that's just because they're idiots that, that's, that's a good test, by the way. Anyone who says what's going on at our border is, is reminiscent of Nazism is a moron. Rule. Litmus test. It's a dumb thing to say. Only a dumb person could say it. Or a very, very dishonest person. A person who doesn't care how much they lie because it's effective right now to appeal to the emotions of, of the mob. Um, so that's one reason. But the other reason is it doesn't, it's not, this whole approach of yelling at people and shaming them in public, you know, shame the conservative, shame the Trump supporter. It's not effective. They're not going to win anybody over to their side with this. This is not going to be some uh, great victory for them. In fact, it has the opposite effect. And they've already shown this. They've shown polling that the more people try and undermine trump and his people by attacking them in a very personal way in a very aggressive harassing way the more a lot of us are just going to say okay the left the democrat party full of maniacs run by maniacs we're sick of it all right even if you got your misgivings about trump you got to be like hey buck is there room there in the trump bunker and i'm like yes yes there is come or, or or the trench come hop into the trump trench with me because the other side is full of loons who are yelling about nazism while the country's actually doing really well He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. Many by now have heard that I was asked to leave a restaurant this weekend where I attempted to have dinner with my family. My husband and I politely left and went home. I was asked to leave because I work for President Trump. We are allowed to disagree, but we should be able to do so freely and without fear of harm. And this goes for all people, regardless of politics. Some have chosen to push hate and vandalism against the restaurant that I was asked to leave from. A Hollywood actor publicly encouraged people to kidnap my children. And this weekend, a member of Congress called for people to push back and make clear to those serving their country in this administration that they are not welcome anywhere, anytime, for anything. Healthy debate on ideas and political philosophy is important. But the calls for harassment and push for any Trump supporter to avoid the public is unacceptable. It is completely unacceptable, but there is a real strain right now of crazy coming from the left that 
is like nothing else we've seen so far in the Trump era. It's worse now than it's ever been. You know, they were writing think pieces before about how fascism was coming to America, but at least they were saying it was coming. Now they're just saying crazy stuff about how it's already here. And I'm walking around. I'm like, there's no fascism. Sorry. That's That's just insane, right? Judd Apatow, who, I don't know, I guess he's made a couple of okay movies. This is what he tweeted. Remember, these people have millions of followers, so they get to affect the discussion for better or for worse, usually for worse in meaningful ways. Judd Apatow shared this. He's a Nazi. He wants no judicial process. He kidnapped children and commits acts of violence for political gain and to support his racist views. He admires violent dictators. Trump is a Nazi. The debate is over. Soon we will have proof he is a Nazi supported by the Russians. Judd Apatow needs help. Or he needs to read. Just start reading. Learn something. Somehow figure out what is actually happening in the world and what used to happen. It's called history. It doesn't know any of this stuff. But, you know, you can get very far in life by being a uh, being an idiot who says whatever he thinks is going to be popular among the Hollywood left. And unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, we really are. We're seeing this in a way that is uh, is deeply concerning. Um, we've got a bunch of calls lit. I want to get to some of them before, because I've got a lot of thoughts on the immigration issue. I mean, here's one thing. People were saying Trump, and the New York Times even reported, Trump wants no due process for immigrants who enter illegally. That was their headline. That means illegal aliens. Yeah, that's right. The President of the United States doesn't want to give due process to illegal aliens. There's a reason for this, folks, and they don't want you. They don't want us to figure out what's really going on here. The reason is that overwhelming the system is the whole point of this process. Inundating our border so that it's impossible for us to process so that you just then have an overflow of people coming into the country whenever they want, undermining rule of law, undermining our political norms, all of it. That's the reason they're doing this. But first, I want to hear from some of you folks. 844-900-2825, buck And also, if you go to Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton right now, you can get a little special view of the Freedom Hut. Although I'm being told that the sign that I just had made, I was all proud. I got a sign made over the weekend for the hut. And it looks backwards right now. But we will fix that. We will fix our backwards sign. It's kind of classic. That's how, yeah, that's how we do it in the Freedom Hut. You know, the sign is backwards. Sometimes the sign's going to be a little bit backwards. Um Rich in McHenry, Illinois. Good to have you, sir. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. The Republic of Illinois. I'd like to remind all of your listeners, not 12, six years ago, the American people were indicated about how Sarah Palin's use of a target on a political thing brought about the shooting of Abby Giffords and how badly the rhetoric was uh, used by the Republican Party to incite violence. What? <laughs> you remember about six years ago, uh, Sarah, Sarah Palin was tagged, used uh, tags on her political campaign. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they got all upset about that. Yeah, Rich, <laughs> le- le- leave, leave the accents to the professionals, my friend. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they, they definitely pushed that stuff, and they got all mad, and there was the whole targeting of electoral districts, and they act like that was a, that was a big deal. Yeah, look, they're calling for confrontation and harassment, and that could lead to violence. Thanks for calling in from Illinois, Rich. I think he went from like a sort of a almost like commie bear Russian Russian voice to Irish brogue to he was all over the map there. 
I just hope he was paying attention. It sounded like he was driving. Mary in Old Ferry, uh, Maryland. Hey, Mary. Hey, Buck. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. I'm calling just to comment on Maxine Waters' behavior <laughs> or despicable behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are pretty fed up with this stuff, but I'm hoping they are. Um, I think it's very sad and um, just it brings so much dishonor to um the position that she's in and just her behavior is horrible to me. Yes. And it's disgusting, isn't it? But but do, do you think that anybody on the left, the Democrats will shun her? Will you know, she's going to get reelected by a while. She'll get reelected by a huge margin. She'll be, if she, you know, they'll have her on MSNBC in a week. No one's going to care. She can get away with saying yeah. this. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. And to try to get people to, you know, harass people and get up in their faces and especially public officials, not just, I mean, I know as individuals, you know, we have the right to our personal space as well, but that's going to lead to some pretty, you know, unfortunate circumstances. I hope no one gets hurt. Yeah, I hope no one gets hurt here either. I mean, I, I do worry about the possibility of, of violence uh, because, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? The left, Mary, will talk about a they'll talk about an environment of hostility. You know, yeah. for example, here's a perfect one, because I used to get involved in these debates over it. CNN, which, you know, I still I have a special kind of of uh, of like CNN PTSD. But I, I used to I used to get involved in this debate when there would be a terrorist attack, which invariably, you know, or, or usually involved a jihadist of some kind. And they'd say, uh-huh. oh, my gosh, you know, there's somebody left a mean message on a voicemail of a mosque somewhere and there's just going to be blood in the streets now and the hostility of Republicans and people like you, Mr. Sexton, I'm like. I'm hostile to terrorists. I'm not hostile to Muslims. And exactly. And and just notice how but there a discussion of the issues can lead to violence right away. Here you got people that are calling I mean Mary, keep in mind they're they're calling people Nazis. If I really believed that we were on the precipice and I'm not trying to scare people here, but if I believed that this country was on the precipice of a Nazi fascist takeover, what would I be unwilling to do to stop that? And the answer is not very much. Exactly. So they're, you know, they're either lying and they're just saying this for the, and I think that's mostly what it is. They're just, they're just childish and they're using the overheated rhetoric and they're, sure. they're pandering but, to the yeah. base and and they're they're trying to whip up people's emotions. Go ahead, Mary. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. It's that's gonna get right. to somebody that just doesn't read, you know, doesn't know their history, doesn't, and you know, they're gonna hurt someone. Yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned about it. It's very irresponsible, and it's it's very it's scary. And I'm not trying to make more of it than it is, but you know, some people don't have a full understanding of what's going on because they don't educate themselves, and those are the kind of people that can hurt people. If, yeah, you know, if they do true. take it to heart. Mary, thank you very much for your call. Appreciate it, Bob. Bob down in Mississippi. Hey, Bob. Hey, hey, Buck. Um, shields high. Shields high, Bob. After listening to your montage of morons, it occurred to me that... Nice alliteration. Yeah, you like that. These people really are ignorant, as you mentioned. You know, the Nazis were socialists. Yes. Even before they were the the master race, they were socialists. Yeah, in in fact, the Nazis in the early days, one of their biggest... uh, They were fighting. They had street brawls with the communists. They hated the communists not because they were polar opposite ideologies, but because they were often fighting for the same recruits. They were both strains of collectivism. 
that were clashing right, on the streets yeah. of Berlin and across Germany and across Eastern Europe at the time, and in, and and in in Russia too, by the way, in the Soviet Union. So, sure. and you know, most people don't realize this though that the socialists drove Germany into war because they were starving to death because of their policies. Well, yeah, their, there's in, vers- yeah, the the it cost ten thousand dollars to get a loaf of bread. Yeah, yeah, hyperinflation. Yeah, there's there's such a lack of of real understanding uh, of history that comes particularly. I mean, look, Democrats, there's just a hostility. They rewrite history. They're completely delusional about, uh, you know, the comparisons they're making right now. And, and I find it very troubling. Sure. Bob, thank you. Shields High, thank you for calling in Mississippi. Whew, man, uh, we'll take one more call before we go into break here. Patty in Biloxi. Hey, Patty. Hey, Buck. Hey, I have a question to pose, a kind of a thought experiment. Um, since it's an election year, uh, when is the media going to start doing their job and asking all these Democrat candidates if they agree with what Maxine Waters is saying and if they agree with the actions of the owner of the Red Hen, like they would be doing to Republicans right about Patty, now? Patty, it's a, it's a great question. This is one of the ways they play. This is one of the ways the media plays games. They go, we're not biased. We're not doing anything. Yeah, right. They, if, if this were a different situation, a different set of circumstances, they would be asking every person who goes on TV, what do you think of Maxine Waters' comments? What do you think? If it was a Republican calling for public harassment and confrontation against Obama administration officials, everyone would be asked, do you condemn? Do you condemn? And you better say, oh, I condemn, or else they're going to say, oh, you're a supporter. You know, they, this is one of their favorite games to play. The Do you condemn or support the comments of some other person? When do they institute that as something they're going to ask, and when do they skip over it? And you're you're completely right here, Patty. No one's going to be asked what they think of Maxine uh, Maxine Waters' comments. They're just going to skip right by it. You know, they're going to go right by it. Patty, thank you for calling in from Mississippi. Eight four four nine hundred Buck Team. If you want to chat, also Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. We had a live stream up there of the show. You can also follow the page. Immigration, folks. We are going to drill down into what is really going on at the border. Stay with me for that. It is repeating itself, but it has gone to a new low with Donald Trump. Mm. When we were incarcerated, our families were intact. My parents were with me. But in this case, it's it's come to a chilling low where babies are torn away from their uh, mothers and placed in separate internment camps. Uh, and uh, now that uh, Donald Trump has rescinded his uh, zero tolerance policy, uh, the children are being scattered throughout the country, making it even more complicated to reunite the families. So this is a new low in American history. He's saying it's worse. That's George Takai. He's saying it's worse than the internment camps of the Japanese. I don't think I don't think the Japanese were put in internment camps and they were told, like, it's going to be a couple of days. And and then, you know, and by the way, they were they were U.S. citizens. Their government turned on them. One of the darkest chapters in certainly 20th century American history. They didn't show up to, you know, invade the sovereignty of a foreign country, which is what's going on here. 
Folks, this is this is not about skin color or ethnicity. This is about rule of law and it is about sovereignty. It is about the right of a nation to define its borders and to enforce them. I've been saying this borders are arbitrary. They a country is an arbitrary creation in the sense that, you know, where you're born is a determinant of who you are and what your nationality is at some level. We have a process for bringing in other people, but it is a process. It's not just to show up. You had uh, John Legend, who has 12 million face uh, Twitter followers. So you can imagine how many people are reading this stuff. Uh, wrote about Sarah Sanders. If she doesn't want to be held accountable for the administration's evil, she can resign and denounce it. And then bottom line is I'm very comfortable with a nonviolent form of social censure being visited upon people who implement and defend such intentionally harmful policies. Far less pain is being visited upon Sarah than these families at the border. Shame on the whole lot. See, now this is what the left likes to do. You know, they reach a point where, you know, every Iraqi civilian killed, for example, was pretty much Dick Cheney's fault. It's like he pulled the trigger himself, not just Cheney, anyone who anyone who worked for him. And you're like, well, wasn't Bush the president? Yeah, but they hated Cheney even more. Remember all the stuff about this, the stealth Cheney presidency? You know, John Legend and these other celebrities, they're incur- they are creating a moral calculus in people who believe them that would justify any anti-Trump behavior. Worse than internment camps. They're as bad as the, the Nazism is what we're seeing at the border. Meanwhile, the truth, which even, uh, what do we have? Yeah, Jay Johnson admitted that, yes, there was family detention under the Obama administration. Play clip six. The images and the reality from 2014, just like 2018, are not pretty. And so we expanded family detention. We had then 34,000 beds for family detention, only 95 of 34,000 equipped to deal with families. So we expanded it. I freely admit it was controversial. We believed it was necessary at the time. I still believe it is necessary to maintain a certain capability for families. We can't have catch and release. And in my three years, we deported or repatriated or returned over a million people. But again, you can deal with this on the border. You can try different things. We did not want to go so far as separate families. But unless we deal with the underlying causes that are motivating people to come here in the first place, we're going to continue to bang our heads against the wall on this issue. So why why wasn't the Obama administration engaged in Nazism? Oh, it was just Nazism on a smaller scale. Is that is that now the dodge? Is that the explanation we're being given? It was it was Nazism that wasn't uh, wasn't at quite the same numbers. Oh, well, isn't isn't that an interesting uh, new opinion of things? Folks, this is just this is all the hysteria of the left, because you know what their 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 worst nightmare is coming true. And that is that the American people are going to have an opportunity after electing Trump to look at the Republican Party that Trump leads in a midterm election and say, you know what? This guy's actually doing a pretty good job. GOP's not hitting home runs, but they're not messing stuff up either. I kind of like the way things are going. Uh, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it another couple years here. See, see what happens. I'm gonna ride this out because that sentiment. If you are a journalist here in D.C., if you you know if you work at one of these left wing outlets that pretends to be just the facts, just the truth all the time, that mentality you just can't handle it. 
Because it means that everything you've been saying is wrong and a lie. And you're a fraud. And you're a hack. So, they're in this panic. This desperate panic of, oh my gosh, Trump, Nazism. Just lying, lying and lying. Uh, immigration, though, the deep dive on this. It's coming up. Stay right there. In the business world, information is absolutely essential to your success. You know this, but how do you get the best information on prospective hires, on a possible tenant for a property, or a major business partner or transaction? You need to have somebody you can call upon who does the best background investigations and vetting in the business. And my friends, that is Global Verification Network. Global Verification is federally certified as a veteran-owned small business. The headquarters are here in Chicago, and they separate themselves from the other guys by doing all of the work here stateside and keeping your data here in the United States. They don't offshore the work. They don't offshore the information. And when you call them, somebody's going to pick up that phone, and you're going to have your problem dealt with right away. Call 877-695-1179 or go to mygvn.com. That's mygvn.com. Global Verification Network, leave no stone unturned. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Let's be clear that for many, many years, we had a a net zero immigration issue. Mexico's economy was doing well. So a lot of this has been contrived, right, by this administration. I'd like to have certainly a strong um, border patrol as it relates to making sure that we are not allowing traffickers to come into this country. And we can do that, but we don't have to separate families. We don't have to have a zero tolerance policy. We want a system where when people come in illegally, they have to go out. And a nice, simple system that works. You know, Mexico holds people for four hours, for five hours, for two hours, and they're gone. We have people for four, five, six years, and they never leave. So we want to have a great immigration. What we have is very simple. We want strong borders, and we want no crime. Strong borders, we want no crime. The Democrats want open borders, and they don't care about crime. And they don't care about our military. I care about our military. That's what we want, and that's what we're going to get. And we're going to get it sooner than people think. Welcome back to the Buck Sexton Show. I think there you had, you had Kamala Harris, a uh, senator from California, and Trump illustrating, in short form, where the two parties are right now. No, notice how Harris said, on, on immigration... And, you know, this crisis at the border. First of all, she says that there's net zero immigration. That's just crap. All right. That's just not true. So, you know, first of all, how would they even really track this? They don't know. There's just no way. Yeah, for a while when the economy was bad, maybe you had a little bit of a drop. But we've got hundreds of thousands of people that have come into the country seeking asylum. Do you think hundreds of thousands of people have permanently left the United States for Mexico? Or Central America, right? We can just apply logic to this and just know that it's just just garbage. There's just no way what she's saying is true. It's preposterous, utterly preposterous. But it, there was a very interesting point that she made without intending to make it. And this is what what we're seeing now is a is an opening 
into the mind of what's really what's really going on with the Democrat Party and immigration. She said, "Not allow. We should have a strong, you know, immigration and customs enforcement that will not allow traffickers through." Okay, so just I suppose human and drug traffickers we will stop. What about the masses of people that are coming into the country? Do they just get to stay? Is that really what the Democrats want? They're never forced to answer this question. And I would just like to know, is it now the Democrat Party's position that anyone who comes to America and claims that they have been that they don't like their country, that it's really mean and therefore they claim asylum, which is not actually a legal asylum claim. But, you know, if they say that. And the Obama administration, which expanded assumption, Obama used to play with the law and just make the law meaningless or he would change the plain meaning of law to suit his whims. And we're dealing with the fallout from that still, especially on immigration. But is it now the Democrat position that if you come to this country and say you want asylum, you get to stay? Because if they're this is what people refer to as catch and release, if that is their position, they should be forced to state it. And we should know that. And then what we have is effectively not an open border, but a check in border, meaning you check in like you're arriving at a hotel, but you're definitely going to be allowed to stay. Unless you're like a known cartel member or something, you know, but even then, even then, even if we could narrow it down, they'd say, oh, maybe the cartel members reformed himself. He'll do the jobs Americans won't do. Cartel members need work, too. I mean, you know, well, it's always a moving target with the left. You never know what you're dealing with. But this is all very Alinskyite too. The Obama administration knew what they were doing. They knew that by expanding the definition of asylum seekers, it was ringing the dinner bell for huge waves of migrants to come, including children who were put in very dangerous positions, who were taking tremendous risk. Uh, but the Obama administration made it clear that if you come to the border and your child, you're under 18 or you say you're under 18, by the way, and you have no documentation for any of this, you'll get to stay. And this then created a situation where, you know, a- a- asylum is supposed to be a very specific process. You're supposed to turn yourself in, claim asylum. There are, v- there are specific guidelines and a lot of asylees or would be asylees are denied. So this was exploiting the seams in the system. This was finding a way for the Obama administration to allow mass illegal immigration into the country under the guise of rule, you know, under the guise of respecting the rules and and the laws at some level, which was just a fraud. It was a fake. It was a phony. And we have hundreds of thousands of people who have come in. And to say that this isn't a crisis, we were never supposed to have all these people at the border claiming we're not, not supposed to have family showing at the at, up at the border claiming asylum. And so now Trump turns around and he says in a tweet today, you know, we should just no, no more getting in front of a judge. No more. We, we can't handle this, folks. We can't handle the processes. Here's an example of this. If every person in the country wanted a federal criminal trial who was who was criminally charged, the, the court system would would cease to function. That's why 97% plus of federal criminal, cra- uh, federal criminal cases are plea bargains. That's why plea bargains are, it's, it's a good, if you're guilty, it's a good deal. If you're guilty, take that plea. Okay, because if you don't, 
In the federal system, there's mandatory minimums and you serve the whole sentence and, you know, the plea might be way better for you. But it's the system is also incentivized to give out pleas because they don't have the infrastructure to give everyone a trial. Another example of this, right? The seams in the system idea here. Remember, this is all very Alinsky, and I'll get into some of the Alinsky tactics in a moment. A bank. Run on a bank. What happens if everybody shows up at a bank and says, I want my money? The bank doesn't say, no problem, here's all your money. The bank's going to run out of money real fast. If you had a coordinated effort, especially back in the day when this wasn't all done digitally, to have all kinds of people say that they all need their money out of the bank at the same time, you'd create a bank run, and that, that can bring down the whole bank. And they don't have the money. Right. They don't they don't have the deposits pay you out. Right. Exploiting the seams in the system. Same thing with the border and immigration. And asylum and fraudulent asylum claims. You know, Jim, Jim Jordan, who I believe is going to be on rising hill dot TV slash rising my show, my new TV show tomorrow. Jim Jordan's going to be joining us. So check out that for sure. But uh, he's pointing this out. These aren't even legitimate asylum seekers. These are just people who, they're, this is just illegal immigration with a facade of asylee. It's not, this is not asylum, all right? Central American countries are poor and having a rough time right now, but you are not an asylum seeker unless you are fleeing political violence directed at you personally. You know, there are there's specific criteria, and my husband is, you know, is abusive or there are bad crimes in my area, doesn't count. And a lot of them are showing up and just saying, you know, I want economic opportunity. Well, that's like a get in line, folks, right? Get in line situation. Everybody wants economic opportunity. But anyway, Jim Jordan's finally, he's one of the ones pointing this out. Play clip seven. America's the most welcoming country on the planet, but you got to you got to follow the law. And Secretary Nielsen has been real clear. You show up to a, a port of entry. Your family will be kept together. You will go through the process and we'll see if you're actually a legitimate asylum seeker. What I do know is when I uh, was in our office just a week and a half ago, they told me 80 percent of the folks seeking asylum wind up not getting it. They're not actually eligible for it. So we want to sort that all out, do it in a way that's consistent with the law. Eighty percent. 80, this is straight from the, the folks at, at Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So they're, they're telling me the number. 80% aren't actually legitimate asylum seekers. 80%, folks. 80% of hundreds of thousands of people over many years. You're going to say this isn't a crisis? Yeah, we don't have the facilities. We don't have the beds. We're not supposed to have the beds and the facilities for this. Because these people that are claiming asylum should be treated as illegal crossers deported right away. And that's what Trump was trying to say today. Not, oh, you get to plead your case in front of a judge. Sorry. Especially if you are caught trying illegal entry, you are by definition not an asylum seeker. By definition, you are an illegal alien in violation of U.S. law. Why should you get a, 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 a hearing to plead your asylum case? What sense does what's I mean, put aside even whether that's technically what what would happen or should happen or not based on what those statutes are right now. We should change it. That's crazy. Everyone shows up, they get to have a hearing. And you'll notice that, that they also, the Democrats were starting to say, oh, we're detaining families now. Oh, you can't detain the families because they know that this is the way the game works. You show up, let's say, as a, you know, as a mother and son at the border. You try to get in the country illegally because that's the easiest way. Oh, you got caught by Border Patrol. Well, now you say you're claiming asylum. And now you've got all these, you know, human rights lawyers and the ACLU and all these people. Oh, gosh, you know. So and then they say, OK, we've got to hold you, got to process you. And, and that's also mean, but we can't hold you for long. So we have to release you in the United States and tell you to come back for a hearing. 
they don't show up for the hearings, folks. This is just like teaching people to get around the security system to break into a home. That's all this is. You know, this is a ruse. And it, it, is a, it is a fraud perpetrated against the American people. And the Obama administration put this in motion. They did. And the Trump administration, people keep saying zero tolerance policy. Another word for zero tolerance policy is enforce the law. Or another way of saying it is enforce the law. That that has that that is now a radical concept tells you everything you need to know about the current immigration discussion. Can't enforce the law. So now we have nullification by, you know, via, via the virtue signaling squad. I mean, how are we supposed to know? How are we supposed to know what, what the future is going to be here? Uh, but this is I, I think where you're starting to see also that the, the Democrats. uh have have jumped the shark on this. The American people are not with them. Once they find out what Democrats really want, which is a country that anybody from south of our border, right, stretching down into Mexico, Central America, you know, because that's a reliable political constituency for the Democrats. And Democrats think in terms of group voting and group identity, and so that's just how they view all this. But when people figure out that the Democrats' real goal here is to allow the near unrestricted continued mass migration into the country of non-English speakers with limited to no skills to compete in an economy that people keep saying, oh, we need we need these people, that we need laborers. We, actually, mechanization is what should have happened in a lot of these farms. And keep in mind that many of the people who are running businesses that say, oh, I, you know, I, my, my business is going to suffer, they're passing off the cost of many of those underpaid laborers that they are hiring to you, the taxpayer. They are socializing much of the cost, the health care costs, the you know, general welfare costs, education costs, all this, of illegals and others who come into the country uh, and, and claiming that you know, they're just trying to be capitalists. Well, you know, a capitalist will actually just pay the people that are in the country the wages that the market would allow not to pay them less than market wages because, one, in many cases, they're paying them off the books. So they're not paying payroll taxes on this. They're paying them in cash. Uh, but also, they are doing this in such a way that it uh, undermines their competitors who have to do those things and pay those wages and play by the rules. So it's an unfair advantage to them, too. So, you know, the immigration issue is very complicated. I understand that. But uh, there was actually a piece over the weekend that I have to say from from a, a Trump hater named David Frum uh, that I'm familiar with his writing. He writes The Atlantic. He's a, he's a good writer. He was a Bush administration speechwriter. Uh, but he he made some very interesting points this week. And I, I want to bring you into some of that piece and what he had to say. And he, he diagnosed some of the mania now on immigration that the Democrat Party has in a way that I think they can't escape. I don't think that they really can refute the points that Frum makes, but you know, that I'm making here either, that, that, that we're all coming to, this conclusion we're coming to, that the Democrats have have lost their way on the issue of immigration. And this has now gotten tied up in their virtue signaling, their social justice aspirations, uh, their identity politics, their assault on this uh, nonsensical concept of white privilege, and you know all, all of this. Um, this all gets tied in together. So we have more on immigration. And then if i got some time, we'll uh, talk about the um, IG, uh, the latest with the Mueller probe, not specifically the IG report, but the Mueller probe. And then third hour, uh, 
I'm going to get into another a CNN slime slime attack. Not an ambush, but a slime attack. We'll, we'll break that one down for you. And then just some other fun things. Viral clip. Discussing many, many things. 844-900-2825. 844-900-BUCK. Please download the Freedom Hut podcast, folks. Still good from last week. Freedom Hut podcasts are evergreen. They're not just based on the news cycle. It's just thoughts for the week from yours truly. Uh, Producer Mike, do we have it on Stitcher yet? Are we getting there? We're getting there, team. Yeah, we got a little. We need a little tech help in here. Um, the, the buck is tired. He's so tired that he's speaking in the third person right now, which means he should probably slap himself in the face. Uh, we're gonna do a quick break. We'll be right back. Nine Line Apparel, my friends, is a veteran-owned and operated patriotic lifestyle brand. Once you go on their site, you'll see for yourself. These guys love America, freedom, our troops. And making the best t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, shorts, pants, you name it. They've got it all. Designs that will show what you care about. That will show your support for the military and also your patriotism. You will literally wear it on your sleeve or on your chest or on your back maybe. Wherever you want it. Go check it out for yourself. Visit NineLineApparel.com. Use coupon code BUCK20 to save 20% off your next order. That's a great deal, folks. NineLineApparel.com coupon code buck20. You type in that coupon code, tells them you learned about them here in the Freedom Hut. Also tells them that you want 20% off and you love America and freedom and patriotism. And you're going to have great gear. NineLineApparel.com. I believe in peaceful. Very peaceful protests. I have not called for the harm of anybody. This president has lied again uh, when he's saying that I called for harm to anyone. He is the one uh, that's responsible for promoting violence. Um, okay, what was that all about? Because we played the audio at the top of the show from Maxine Waters there where she said, you know, find them, get in their face, harass them. And if you don't think that's not going to turn into violence really fast, you know, you're not thinking very hard about the problem, Maxine. And then Trump. Trump went after her pretty, uh, pretty Trump like today. He, you know, I'm trying to find the exact tweet here. He was not he was not messing around. Hold on. Where did it go? Um, Congresswoman Maxine Waters this is from Trump's uh, Trump's Twitter account, an extraordinarily low IQ person has become, together with Nancy Pelosi, the face of the Democrat Party. She has just called for harm to supporters, of which there are many, of the Make America Great Again movement. Be careful what you wish for, Max. Uh, so that's the back and forth that we're seeing there. She's saying she never called for harm, but yeah, what she said was irresponsible and would very reasonably be expected to lead to harm, to lead to violence, and that's not acceptable. And, and people should call that out, and they should have a problem with it. And, you know, Maxine Waters, she should be ashamed, but I don't think she's really all that capable of shame. All right, anyway, back to the border for a second here. Um, you had uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders speaking about the due process issue today. Play 15. This is from the press conference. Does the president believe that undocumented immigrants have no due process rights whatsoever? 
virtually all Americans agree that it makes no sense that an illegal alien sets one foot on American soil and then they would go through a three to five year judicial process to be removed from the country. Thousands of illegal aliens are removed every month without seeing an immigration judge as a result of procedures in current law, including voluntary removal and expedited removal. Just because you don't see a judge doesn't mean you aren't receiving due process. The president is focused on securing our borders and reforming our immigration system to prevent the crisis at the border from getting worse. I mean, think about what the what the alternative here is, folks. They're they're all being snippy with Sarah Sanders there. Think about the the alternative. Anyone can show up at, at a U at, at a U.S. border port of entry and say, I want you know, I want my day in court. I need to see a judge. Uh, OK, well, th- how many judges do we really think we have, guys? And think about the work and the research and the case and everything that goes into that, too. Uh, you know, we, we asylum was never supposed to be used in this way by this many people. It's supposed to be very specific case by case. Charitable thing, really. We're, we're giving people asylum because we're good people. And as the left always does, they have taken our desire to be good, to be decent. They've taken that desire of the American people and they are using it against us for their own political gain. Recently, I've been getting all my style tips from the clothing experts at Peter Millar. And if you're like me and you love wearing some golf gear when you're out and about, you know the name. If you don't, you should, because Peter Millar is all about quality, value, and style. It's the most comfortable clothing I've ever worn. And right now, I'm wearing their performance sports shirt. That's right. I like to do it when I'm in the radio mode, because guess what? It's kind of wicking. It has a lot of breathability. It's comfortable. And Molly says it makes me look like a handsome dad, even though I'm not a dad yet. So I'm all about it. Peter Millar stuff is top quality. I love their gear. And the performance sports short that I'm wearing is the most comfortable shirt I've ever worn. I can say that about everything that I've gotten from Peter Millar. And right now you can head over to PeterMillar.com slash buck to check out some of my favorites. Be sure to use my link and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash buck. PeterMillar.com slash Buck. He's holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. I think the Mueller probe is running out of steam. Or at least I I hope it's running out of steam. It's tough to really tell. Um, but, you know, Andy McCarthy, whom you all know is among the the very, uh, very best in the biz. I mean, a guy who I think does a, a phenomenal job of uh, analyzing everything that's going on in the Mueller probe, everything that's going on in the world of the deep state and all the legal, although he doesn't tend to he doesn't use that term, but I do the deep state and all the machinations behind the scenes. Uh, he is making the case now publicly, Andy, is that it's just time to to pull the plug on the obstruction component of Mueller's probe. Uh, play clip two. It should pull the plug on the aspect of the Mueller probe that deals with whether the president's guilty of obstruction. I and mean, part of the confusion here is that when you talk about the Mueller probe, people seem to mean different things about it as they say it. The Mueller probe, as it was originally articulated by De- Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein, is a counterintelligence probe 
into Russia's interference in the 2016 election. I don't think anybody thinks that that the entirety of that mission is a waste of time. And unless it's very necessary, you should not have a situation where the president is under the cloud of of federal criminal investigation. So the question is, do they have a case on him? And it appears that they don't, as a matter of law. And the uh, the inspector general's report underscores that. It, it's it's impossible at this case that <laughs> unless President Trump uh, President Trump President Trump wrote out a a letter that's like I am I am in it with criminal mindset going to fire Comey for the purposes of, of obstructing. And even then people would argue that it's probably not possible for the president to, to obstruct. There's no way they're going to find out. There's no way they're going to prove obstruction. It's impossible now. So why is this even still a discussion, right? And they're also not going to prove any collusion. It's just a joke. I think you had a report out today, and and Trump has been uh, mentioning this, that, what is it, Mark Warner, Senator Warner, is saying, you know, people need to be prepared for what they're going to find out about um what they're going to find out from this probe. I, I, I think, I think you're going to find out, well, we're going to find out a lot of malfeasance, a lot of bad behavior uh, from the deep state and the uh, anti-Trump folks on the, on the left who happen to work in the government. That's for sure. You're going to see more of that, but what is the media? I mean, I, I'm just wondering, I want to, I want to touch on this now because we'll clearly be discussing it later. Does CNN think we're just going to forget all the stories about Russia and Trump Tower and collusion? They're just that's just all going to go away. You know, like like when they ran endless stories on the missing plane. Do you guys remember that? This is this is America's like premier cable news network. They think. Not you, but they think that. And, you know, they had an anchor ask the question on air once. Maybe the airplane got lost in a black hole or something. You remember that? Uh but are, are we just supposed to forget and move on from all the Russia collusion fantasies that were bandied about for such a long time? Is is that the expectation here? I, I just I'm wondering. I'm just putting it out there. Um, and, and we we also know that uh, they're not being honest about what we've already found out with these investigations. There there's there's a lack of integrity in the analysis of the ongoing investigations of uh, and, and what has been released from the investigations. You know, I mean, Devin Nunes, you know that he's doing a good job because the left hates this guy now. You know, he's taking flack because he's above the target, so to speak. And, and he spoke a bit about the. Just the 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 gall, I mean, the the bald face in your face. Brazenness of there's there's nothing to see here from the IG report with all the things we've been talking about. Nothing to see with regard to bias in the investigations. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. But play clip four. What that shows is it shows clear intent uh, to run a very biased investigation. And look, I, I don't believe for a second that Mr. Strzok was just happenly put in charge of this just a week before. Strzok and Page and the rest of them all knew about this months in advance. They were well aware of what they were doing. Uh, they had opened this investigation, maybe not officially, but they were doing lots and lots of bad things uh, that they have not shown Congress uh, before that July, uh, late July date. Yep. 
And and we, we don't get answers from this. We don't get the truth. We just get more and more nonsense, delays. Peter King spoke about how the the DOJ response and what's going on with the Trump of the Trump probe is is just complete garbage. Play three. There's a continual bad faith here from the FBI and the Department of Justice. This is delayed and delayed. And literally at the 11th hour Friday night, we got this response. The response is inadequate. For instance, they do not answer the question about whether or not they're informants or human sources used. They imply they were. But they say they've referred that question to the director of national intelligence, who had nothing to do with this. In fact, I remember James Clapper saying he wasn't even aware there was an investigation going on when he was the director of national intelligence. They're ducking this. We have the absolute right under the Constitution to seek these documents, and they are obstructing us. And people have complained for years that Congress doesn't do an adequate job of oversight. Well, we are doing it now, right. and we're investigating the Trump administration. Yeah, we, we these should... guys won't comply. It's really shameful. You start to have to ask the question. I actually, I, 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 I talked to Peter King about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, off, off air. What happens when uh, they just won't comply? I've asked other members of the House Judiciary Committee this off air, too, and on air. What, what do we do when the deep state just decides that they're going to dig in? They're not going to give on this. They're not going to move. They're just going to, their approach is going to be, we're not sharing the information with you. What are we supposed to think? What are we supposed to do when that is there? And and the answer is we don't. Yeah, you can fire them. and But this is not something we should even have to consider. But I think that's where we are. Uh, they are going to force a a governmental, never mind constitutional, a governmental crisis. And try to use the gears of the bureaucracy in order to hide illicit political intent which is what this all really comes down to this is all what's really uh really going on um by the way we're going to be breaking a a big story here on hill.tv tomorrow morning which i'm hoping you can all uh check out and here's the here's the teaser on it it involves julian assange it involves a possible safe conduct deal and it involves James Comey. Oh, yeah, Comey. Uh, we are going to be breaking that story here at The Hill, and we will be discussing it tomorrow morning on Hill.TV. Uh, you're going to find out that there's even, there's even more reason to question Comey's judgment, to question his, uh, well, how much he allowed politics to influence his work and his thinking. So uh, that, that's just a, an aside there, but hill.tv slash rising, if you want to check that out. Uh, you know, it's, it's a remarkable thing to watch as this administration just keeps pushing on, just keeps pushing forward and going onward despite all of the stuff that's been arrayed against it. I mean, the fact that here we are with the Democrats in this desperate state of affairs talking about Nazism and fascism and, you know, all this stuff, while the economy is absolutely booming, we're not starting any needless wars around the world. You know, we're not sending large amounts of Americans overseas to try to build countries for people that aren't able to build them for themselves. You know, we're, we're not doing that. And things are going well. Yeah, I know there's some there's a little bit of a dust up over trade, but that's going to get sorted out. Things are going well. And what you're seeing is the the left wing mind can neither process nor accept how successful Trump is. They, they, they are at, they're in denial. They can't handle it. We'll be right back. 
populace can stay in power by mobilizing a fervent base. Now, there are many other lessons like this. Louise mentioned my personal experience with winning three million more votes, but still losing. And we will leave discussions of the American Electoral College for another day. No, but you see, she won't leave it for another day. I'll talk about it another time after I talk about it. Because I'm Hillary. She won't stop, folks. She absolutely, positively will not stop. She cannot be reasoned with. She does not feel pity or remorse. She just has to be in the public eye. And she is delusional. Okay, the, not only is the Electoral College in place for a reason, more importantly, the race that was run was about winning the Electoral College. This is the equivalent. I, know, I don't know how many of you are, are tennis fans, but the way they score tennis, you know, you, you get uh, to four points and you have to get two in a row to win the game, and it's not aggregate point total. You know, you can win more games and actually lose to somebody because of the way that they structure. And that's why certain points matter more than others. It's part of the game, right? And this is, there are other sports I know where this is true too, but certain times, certain points are much more critical. And that's true of the Electoral College too. Okay, Trump didn't spend a lot of time running around California trying to drum up as many Republican votes there as he could because it was a lost cause, right? Democrats have now completely over for a long time now have totally overtaken that state and they've ruined it as well they're ruining the state of california i know people there who are like it would be so great if we could split california into two or even three states just because you'd see how quickly the conservative red california would become a place people actually wanted to move to and live and blue california would just become this version of south america where you have a very wealthy class and then a whole servant class below them. And that's that's what the blue Democrat California would be. But, you know, you know, Hillary's out there and I just I would love to see her on the campaign trail in advance of the midterms as much as possible, too, because I think that she she's a great reminder of what we could have had. I miss you. I mean, she could be out there uh, making the case for herself about why we should still have Hillary Clinton as the president. I mean, I, I, I think and this is a little crazy. I know. I think somewhere in her mind, she has the belief that she's still going. She's still going to be president. I think she still thinks that. And I also think that if it, and I know right now you're like, but come on, come on. I think if you opened, if, if, if there was a pathway open for her to try and run a third time for the presidency she would do it in a heartbeat this is who she is and now i'm i'm starting to think as well and maybe this is way off i'm sure she said no and people say fuck no and they'd send me links and oh no hillary would never i'm not sure that she doesn't think she's gonna run again i i there's the part of it because it, it hasn't really sunk in yet based on her public comments like Electoral College, Russia and all this stuff. I don't think that she has really come to grips with the fact that she did not win, that she's not going to be president, that this is not going to happen. 
And I also think the Democrat Party right now is in such a desperate situation. As we've been talking about the whole show, they are desperate right now. They have no message. Forget about inspiring. I mean, their their message is, yeah, let's just rip the country apart and see what happens, right? Borrow from, uh, what is it, uh, James Kane or whatever his name, Michael Kane in the Batman movies, you know, some man just won't see the world bad. He's got that real, you know, remember that in the Batman movie? You know, some man just won't see the world bad. Uh, he's got that super, I don't even know if it's Cockney, it's like Cockney, but something else thrown in there too. He's got a British accent that even British people are like, what's that all about? Uh, anyway. Yeah, so Hillary's out there. I want to see more Hillary. She's really effective for our side. A great reminder of what we were able to miss out on, thanks to President Trump. It's one of the great, uh, all time, one, one of the great favors that has ever been done to a great people, the American people. President Trump saving us from hearing, think of all the Hillary speeches, folks. I'm here breaking glass ceilings, breaking it with my voice day after day. I mean, you'd just be like, oh my gosh. You'd have to listen to that. After eight years of this, after eight years of I'm perfect, I'm a genius, and you all should do what I say. You know, after a while, you, you got tired of that, too, right? Obama gave a good speech. It's just all the content was wrong, I think. Uh, all, all the policy prescriptions were wrong. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say the guy doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't have a good presence, good speech. Hillary, however, has, you know, the, the political skill set of a three-toed sloth which is my favorite of the Sloth family, though, I will say. I mean, just n- nothing nothing to, uh, you know, recommend her at all as a politician. Are Sloths particularly? No, they're not sociable animals at all, so that would actually make sense. I just wanted to work three-toed Sloth into the conversation somehow. Uh, but yes, Hillary is is not going to be president, but I'm not sure she has figured that out yet. I'm... Mike, is this is this too is this too radical? Do you think that there's a part of her that thinks that maybe think about this? People believe that Trump, Russia, maybe he leaves office early, and then it's how do you make that all better, right? If you believe that, the only way to set the universe right is to bring Hillary in. Am I crazy? I mean, I know it's unlikely, but come on. No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think she absolutely believes that. Right? Yeah. If if let's just say the Mueller probe, which a lot of people seem to think, I mean, I think a lot of them are lying. A lot of people seem to think is going to come to something. Uh, let's say the Mueller probe uh, did end up with all this really damaging stuff on Trump, the administration. Pence becomes president. You think they wouldn't run? Of course, they'll run Hillary again, because that's the only way to, it, for the Democrats, for the left to set the universe right in their mind. So I'm telling you, folks, there is a part of Hillary that's holding out hope that she's still going to be president. You know, and, and if you think that's crazy, think about the, the, the Mueller thing that's been going on. for They really believe all this stuff. They really believe that we're going to have, you know, no, not going to happen. But uh, they, they're holding out hope against it. Oh, and so, so coming up here in a minute, I'm going to have uh, a bit of a breakdown of not really a CNN ambush, just a CNN slime session. It's going to be a recurring thing where Brian Stelter slimes Glenn Beck on air. Uh, and it's uh, one of those things where we're, we're going to break it apart piece by piece. It really bothered me because I think Glenn was earnest in his outreach and willing to go on TV and try to talk about coming together, solutions. You know, Glenn is, when, when he gets fired up about something, he throws himself into it, and Stelter's like, uh, excuse me, is your company failing, sir? It's just like, 
Felton. I don't know if he's the worst, but in the category of worstness, he is high. Hour three, coming up. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small Make, Make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Welcome to Hour 3 of the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you here with me, as always, my friends. So my old boss, Glenn Beck, guy who gave me my start in the media business, also a syndicated host on Premier Networks, so he's on uh, earlier in the day with Premier. Uh, he went over to do a, an interview with CNN. Now, Glenn used to work at HLN, which is a subsidiary or whatever you call it. It's the like the JV channel of CNN. And then Glenn from there went to Fox and achieved uh, media stardom uh, while his Fox News show was, at one point, I, I think, really setting the national conversation about politics. But Glenn went over to CNN because I remember I was at the blaze years ago when Glenn, just out of sheer humanitarian concern, went to the border during the original migrant child crisis which was a crisis of people trying to overwhelm the immigration system of people who were taking advantage of loopholes and trying to find ways to exploit the kindness and decency of the American people for their own, you know, economic reasons, which I get it. People are driven by economics in a whole number of ways, but the uh, the Obama administration was kicking the door wide open. and But Glenn just said, look, there are kids at the border. There are kids being detained. Let's bring them some food, some soccer balls, some clothes. And, you know, now Glenn is also. And so that was back in 2014. Now Glenn has been trying to talk publicly about healing the country, about how concerned he is about the divide. And he went on CNN to speak about the border. And, well, you'll hear some of exactly what I'm talking about in just a second. But Glenn went on with uh, Stelter, Brian Stelter, whom I'm pretty sure has a show on CNN because he looks like a mini-me Jeff Zucker. But Stelter is a guy who I had limited uh, personal interaction with over there, but I just remember, one, he is an incredibly weak broadcaster. His uh, skills, whether it's interviewing, reading off a teleprompter, or just carrying a broadcast in general, are uh, lackluster to say the least, but also he, he tried to ambush me in an interview on counterterrorism, which I know a lot more than he does about, uh, the interview got turned around, did not go as planned. And then they did not air it for a Sunday show. They taped it on Friday and Stelter did not have the, or nor did his staff have the decency to let me know that they had just cut the interview, which I thought they would because he got buck slapped all over the place. But that's who you're dealing with here. And I don't know if Glenn knew that that's who he was dealing with, but he certainly does now. Stelter is a, he's an uh, oleaginous fellow. And here's how this interview went. That you, you have, you have become me circa 2009. Um, is that a compliment? Wait, is that a compliment? No, it's, no, it's not. Um, and you don't see it. None of you are willing to listen to uh, what you're doing. Um, and uh, and you're dividing us 
even more. We've had two people threaten the lives of either a congressman's child or the president's child. Where are the people that were so worried about language and the tone on television? You just had George Takai talking about Japanese internment camps. What's next? FEMA camps? Don't you understand what you're doing? You're driving people into the arms of Donald Trump. You're driving so them into it. Exactly. Because so that's what I'm already, trying to ask about. So when we point out that he's yeah, they, lying every day, it drives people into his arms. What is the right answer then? If, if we don't point out the lies, then what? If we don't point out the lies, then what? Notice how Glenn is trying to have an adult conversation with Stelter about how the media is distrusted for good reason. Uh, they are lying all the time about where they're coming from and what they're pushing. They may say that they get the facts right, but their presentation of the facts is obviously partisan. Whether we're talking about Blitzer, Cooper, Tapper, Burnett, any of the uh, so-called objective TV journalists over at CNN or on some of the other broadcasts, which I don't watch, ABC, NBC, uh, they are peddling a lie night after night. And notice how Stelter immediately transitions to, well, they don't really want us to do. I mean, the president's lying every day. It's like, well, maybe... Maybe the way that you cover a minor presidential lie versus, say, the way that you cover a threat against the president's uh, very young son, you know, maybe that tells people something about your agenda. And and you should be more aware of that, CNN. You should be more aware of that mainstream media. But they they are clinging to and desperately clinging to this notion. They are not biased when they are biased. This has changed now. Our perception as a country about CNN and other networks that claim to be objective journalists has changed because it should change because they are engaged in a lie as an enterprise. And then this continues. And by the way, it's going to get worse. This interview. Answer then. If if we don't point out the lies, then what? Well, first of all, you have to recognize uh, the mistakes of the past. Uh, I can't take this border issue because I wasn't I wasn't um, allowed into anybody's circle after my audience raised three million dollars and we risked everything to go down to the border and we brought churches together. We actually fed the homeless. I was mocked for bringing them soccer balls, which people now say is a good thing because at least they have soccer balls at summer camp. And on the other side, no one in the media would even listen. No one would would listen when I said, Glenn, that's not um, true. There was I, lots I of coverage DHS of it in 2014. I remember you well, going to the border in 2014. Is there this kind of coverage now? Was there... Was of course there not. This there weren't as many as kids. When you had, there weren't as many kids course. in jail. Oh, stop it. Stop, stop what? It. There were not as many stop kids it. in jail. You're telling me. So it's the number. So what's the number, Brian, that we care about putting kids in cages? What's the number that we start caring about when we're separating we care, family, and the when more we're separating there are, the children? More. We care the more there are. I mean, see, this is, this is the classic CNN maneuver, though. They covered it. They covered it. Yeah, we know how you covered it. You didn't cover it like you're covering it now, though, did you? When you're saying that Trump is a Nazi and fascism's coming to America, and I mean the, the rhetoric is so out of control now. But see, this is what the media does with everything. They think that because they report a story, they're covered. They think that there's nothing else. There's no other discussion. CNN is classic with this, by the way. There's nothing else to talk about. You know, oh, we, we, we covered that. We, 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 look at this story. This story. This. Yeah. Were, were you saying that Obama was a fascist? Were you saying that Obama didn't care about crying children because? You're magnifying that narrative now, CNN. That's what you've been doing. But you see, this whole discussion that Glenn and Stelter are having 
is a perfect example of exactly what the problem is. You know, the left wing media, which CNN is a part of, just wants to live this lie and, and they won't change and they won't adjust. They won't adapt. And so that's why this whole thing devolves, even though Glenn wants to have a good faith discussion with this guy, which is not possible. I mean, Stelter's he's just he's not a, not a, not honorable in his profession. Mace, that's a fact. We see that in all the polls. Yeah, well, then here's here's the deal. Brian, you all have my phone number. I've reached out to all of you in the past and said, let's have a conversation not on the air. You really want to understand? You want to hear the other why side? Why can't our viewers let's why have can't, a conversation where why everybody's can't you tell not our interested? Viewers right now? Because it's all about ratings. Because this is all about ratings. This isn't about ratings. This is about saving our country, bringing us together. Stop dividing us. I mean, you... <laughs> I can't, so, so, to be clear, you think that I'm dividing the country... You think I'm dividing the country for ratings by booking you? Brian, stop driving. Look at what look at what you're doing. When did this become about you? you know, I can answer that question for Glenn. For Brian Stelter, it's always about him. For all these CNN talking heads, it's always about them. They're not some they're not concerned with some greater truth or, you know, journalism as a as a necessary check on the power of the state or whatever. They're, they're complete cheerleaders for statism and for Democrats when they're in power. It's absurd. It is absurd, and we shouldn't have to play along anymore and pretend. We're all sick of it. But, you know, just to really finish things off, so Glenn goes on Stelter's show to have a, a, a real discussion with him. I know Glenn feels very passionately about trying to bring the country back together, and given that we're now being told that it's okay for conservatives, for Trump administration officials, anybody on the right to get thrown out of a restaurant because of their beliefs, you know, maybe it is time to have a talk about how we should all be a little bit more decent to each other, or just really the left needs to stop being so disgusting and babyish and throwing a collective tantrum all the time. But Stelter decides to uh, rub a little salt in the wound here and decides to you know dig a little deeper and go after Glenn's business, which has been in trouble, a company I used to work at. It's had its difficulties. This segment's not about that, but, oh, Stelter wants to make it about that. He always says yes. But as soon as it gets tough or uncomfortable, nobody's interested. Nobody's interested in looking at themselves and saying, what did I do? I know what I've done. I know what I've done. I've tried to make amends and I'm trying to. And we've talked about that before. I I completely agree with you. And we all do need to be more self-reflective. I do have to ask you, there's this new headline on the Daily Beast saying that your company's in trouble, that you were trying to find a buyer. Is this related to the point no. about people not talking to each other? That if you want to create that media company, there's not interest? What's, what's going on with that? Wow. Brian, thanks a lot. I think that's the most ridiculous um, question I've ever heard. I, I'm sitting here ready to talk to you about the detaining of children and parents and trying to break break families apart, something that has been happening with Janet Reno. That's why it went to the Supreme Court in the first place. With Janet Mm -hmm. Reno, it's been happening. We want to stop it, and you want to play those games? Have a nice day. What game did I just play? What game did I just play? So the question on the Daily Beast website, the headline says, Glenn Beck's media empire is imploding again. That's the headline on the Daily Beast. Why is it imploding again, Brian? Look, this is just, it's, this this segment's perfect in a way. Glenn wants to have a real conversation about the divisions in the country and the border and, and it's a serious issue. And, and Stelter wants to say, hey, ha ha, 
your company's failing. Do you have any comment on that? You know, this is just the way they do things. And it's also why you can't have a serious conversation with these people anymore. Uh, they are character assassins. They play dirty. They approach the other side with no good faith. And they're just honestly not worth it. They're just not worth the time. And I feel sorry for their audiences that believe that they're getting some product here that's really worthwhile and the gold standard of journalism. People like Stalter and some of his uh, other on-air anchors at CNN, they're just clowns. And the whole thing is dishonest. And they make me dislike this profession of media. I won't say journalism, just media in general. Uh, because as I tell you, some of the worst people you'll ever meet, so-called TV journalists. And I'm sorry that Glenn had to go through that, but you know, Glenn will be all right. He's a trooper. We'll be right back. Man, I get up every day now at like 4.45 a.m. It's a long one, let me tell you. I've got a TV show, a radio show, hits throughout the day, writing. How do I do it all, you may ask? Well, I get quite a boost from my friends at Black Rifle Coffee. That's how I start out every day. Black Rifle is delicious coffee that doesn't believe in pushing a progressive agenda. In fact, quite the opposite. These guys are former members of the United States military. They are patriots, and they love some delicious coffee. Stay away from that commie brew, my friends. Join the coffee or die revolution. Drink the real stuff. Go to blackriflecoffee.com slash buck. Receive 15% off your off your next uh, your first order. Blackriflecoffee.com slash buck. Type in the coupon code buck15 for 15% off. Blackriflecoffee.com slash buck. Coupon code buck15 for 15% off. Look at this, folks, or listen to this. You got protests going on in Iran. Hold on a second. I would think that would be a big story that the the media would be all over, right? You want to talk about oppression. You want to talk about fascism. Iran is a vile theocracy. It's actually a country full of uh, educated, often pro-Western young people. And, you know, Iran is demographically poised to be a, a, a real um, ally to the United States if it can throw off this horrific regime, its Islamic extremism. But remember, there, there, are a lot, there are a lot of people inside of, at least in the cities in Iran, that have a, a desire for economic freedom, has a, have a desire to be free of this regime. And think about that. By the way, can I just I'm just going to put a crazy idea out there for a second. All right. And I don't think this is going to happen. I'm just going to say it's fun to just have the, the, the psychological experiment of imagine if Trump puts North Korea on a path to being solved as an international cri- an ongoing international crisis. And the mullahs in Tehran are toppled during Trump's what I would wager will be eight years in office. I, I, liberal heads will explode everywhere. I mean, we, we will all be bathing in vats of liberal tears for the rest of our lives and Tens of more importantly, more importantly, tens of millions of people will uh, be freed from tyranny and despotism 
And we also won't have the prospect of a war with either of those countries hanging over our heads. You know, we don't want any more wars. It'd be great if I could go the rest of my life in this country without having to fight a major, you know, without our country having to fight a major war. I think that really should be a goal that we all share, and I think we do all share it. And you look at the places that are most likely for there to be an outbreak of major hostilities, North Korea, Iran, top of the list. Although long-term, it's China, folks. And no one likes to think about that right now because that would get really ugly really fast. But long term, it is China. But in the short term, there are protests in Iran. Here's why this is so interesting. They are chanting, and you see very little coverage of this. They much rather have Michael Avenatti on over at CNN. Talk about what the latest Stormy Daniels caper is all about. But in Iran, on the streets, in Tehran, the capital, they're chanting death Death to Palestine. They're not chanting death to Israel. They're not chanting death to America. They are sick of their regime. And they are sick of all the excuses and the focus on what's going on outside their own borders. You know, oh, we got to take care of Palestine. We got to take care of Palestine. Hey, they're they're firing off tear gas. This is the this is the people rising up because of the economic ineptitude of the regime. And I would also note that Trump has put the sanctions back in place. And look at this. Now there's some now there's some trouble in Iran. Now there's some stuff on the streets that is pro freedom. Oh, wow. You mean allowing the regime Obama style to enrich itself was a bad idea? Yeah, really. You know, with with Obama on on foreign policy in general, but specifically on, on any area of national security foreign policy, he really provided us all with a how-to guide of what not to do. I'm also just going to note, look, they're reporting on it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, this is, this is the new game that the, the CNN and the MSNBC and well, not so much MSNBC, but NBC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, the new game is, we reported on that. Yeah, we know you reported on it, but you didn't report on it in such a way that you thought any, that you were trying to make anybody remember or care. That's different. This issue uh, in, in Iran, I can tell you this right now, it's probably not going to result in the, the toppling of the regime or anything like that. But right now, you've got journalists in major newspapers across the country who are who are they will not they will never say it aloud. But you know what they're thinking? Gosh, I hope Trump doesn't actually help bring about the end of the Iranian terror regime. Because then what would they say? We will keep an eye on this here in the hut. Stay with me. He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. This woman don't want to let a little girl sell some water. She calling the police on an eight-year-old little girl. You can hide all you want. The whole world going to see you, boo. Yeah, and um, illegally selling water without a permit? Yeah. On my property. It's not your property. <laughs> so... So this is a this is a clip that went viral over the weekend. Uh, you, you saw mo- you saw most of it, or you heard you heard all of it. I should say you didn't see any of it, but you heard it there. This is what happened. So there's a, a little girl, eight year old girl, selling water bottles to San Francisco Giants fans outside AT and T Park, and <laughs> this woman, and I don't know how this. You know, she, oh yeah, that's right. Here, here we go. The controversial call was caught on video. This is according to the uh, ABC affiliate in San Francisco. The woman later 
said the girl was loudly selling water outside her apartment for hours. The child's mother, Erin Austin, confronted the caller. She comes out and demands the permit for my daughter. She said if we didn't give it to her, she'd call the cops. So I said, okay, call the cops. And she did. The lady called the police because I didn't have a permit, said the little girl. Oh, man. You know, by the way, they got a photo of a little girl. She's like, she's like really cute. She's smiling. And, you know, she's got her, she's got water that she's selling. Man, there's, there's so many different ways to take this story. You know, it's, it's not important, but it's really a sign of the times. One thing. I always say this, everything now is Instagrammed and Instagrammable and live streamed and videoed. So that affects our public conduct in all kinds of ways. Really does. Changes the game for what you can get away with in public. Um, I thought they they came up with like a mean nickname for the woman that called. uh, Mike, do you know what I'm talking? There's a nickname. They called her like Permit Missy or something like that. They had some. They had some name for her. anyway. Uh, she was trending on Twitter for a while, and she's like, you know, that's right. I'm calling the police. She does not have a permit for water. Um, yeah. So there's that. But anyway, all of your conduct now, as you know, can be the video can go on, which is usually a good thing. But it does mean that for people like me, who get grumpy sometimes about people being loud and talking, I have to try to be a little bit careful about things. And then also. Uh, it's just a reminder of how how crazy government regulations are. By the way, I don't think the cops actually showed up. Um, so Etel told ABC News that she never spoke to the little girl, but says her building security guy uh, guard first tried to get the girl and her mom to keep the noise down or move, saying she did phone the police, but not to report them. And she simply wanted to know if what they were doing was legal. You know... I have a feeling. I'm just going to put this out there. I, what, what do you got, Mike? And they were calling her Permit Patty. Permit Patty. There you go. Permit Patty. Permit Patty was trending over the weekend. I, I have a feeling that based on some San Francisco ordinance, you're probably, I mean, this is the truth. In San Francisco, you're probably allowed to uh, defecate in broad daylight on a main boulevard. And, you know, and, and then, and I, you know what? I'll stop there. I was getting it even grosser. But you're probably allowed to do that. But my guess is the nanny state in San Francisco or, or the, the big brother super state needs, you know, you need a permit to sell things. So if you want to be a hostile vagrant uh, rolling around on the ground a, in your own urine and yelling epithets at strangers for not giving you money, San Francisco wants to protect that behavior. But if you want to sell bottles of water, I, I'm willing to bet you probably need a permit. There have been other stories like this uh, of it's almost always a little girl, which I think is kind of funny. You know, the young women entrepreneurs of the future. But there have been other stories where, you know, they, were, they opened the, the classic thing, a lemonade stand. And, you know, I think that's a good lesson in economics, right? You go to the store, you buy lemonade, you water it down, you sell it to people who think you, you know, have a nice, cute smile and are doing a good thing. And, you know, you make some, mo- you make some spending money for the day. Commerce, baby. I, I support it. Uh, but this thing in, in San Francisco is pretty funny. Everybody got really... Uh, really fired up about it and sure enough you know this 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 woman was now now she's famous now she's famous. you gotta watch out you know you could get your 15 minutes of fame but you don't want to get the wrong 15 minutes of fame these days um i you know i'm just gonna say this and everyone everyone's probably gonna get mad at me for this but some people get mad at me for this 
What if the little girl was outside your apartment, though, and she was yelling really loudly, like, water, come and get it. Like, because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you all a secret. The ice cream truck sound drives me insane. Drives me absolutely insane. You know, you know that I can't really, I'm not doing a good impression of it, but you know what I'm talking about. The little, like, carnival sound ice cream truck noise that you hear neighborhoods. Because it'll just sit there and just go on and on and on. And if you're trying to get work done or just, you know, enjoy a peaceful afternoon, I'm sorry, I hate the ice cream truck sound. I do. So if I was able, that's right. This is a get off your get off my lawn moment. If I were able to call the police on the ice cream truck, uh, ice cream truck guy, I would do it. But do you like the ice cream that's inside the ice cream truck? Not really, man. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, Mike. I'm kind of frou frou in my ice cream taste. You know, I'm like an Earl Grey Van Leeuwen kind of guy. I'm not really into like you know those sandwiches that look like they've been sitting around for 15 years. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I see exactly. Hagen Dazs snob. Oh, Hagen Dazs is delicious. I'm not, I mean I'm not that snob. I love Hagen Dazs. I'm just you know the stuff that's like got too much food coloring. I stay away from. All right, we got roll call. Stay with me. Ain't no party like a Team Buck party, because a Team Buck party don't stop. Yeah, we got Buck turned up to 11. It's time for Roll Call. It is the Roll Call time. I just wanted to say to everybody, please do download the Freedom Hut podcast. For those of you who are not podcast listeners, this should be your first. For those of you who do listen to podcasts, this should be top of your list. It's only going to be weekly, guys. It's going to be probably 30, 40 minutes in length. A little more of a relaxed tone, kind of like the original Saturday shows we used to do. And you just go on to the Apple Podcast Store, type in uh, Freedom Hut. And it will pop up and you can subscribe. Please do. Got some good numbers going. Would love to get even more. Uh, please do spread the word. Share it with friends. We're going to have a fun episode this week. I'm going to give you the top 10 martial arts movies of all time. And we'll also have an appearance by Comrade Kami Bear and some general thoughts about some other very interesting things. Uh, with that, let's get into your thoughts. Uh, We have Willie who writes, I listen to you Monday to Friday uh, after 10 p.m. Sounds great, comrade. And there you go. Thank you so much. Catherine writes, I love having Commie Bear back. Congratulations on all your success. Well, thank you, Catherine. It's good to have Commie Bear back. And I would just say that uh, whatever success that we've had here on the show is only possible because of all you folks. And I'm hoping we have a whole lot more of it. So please keep listening and, and please do spread the word. Evan writes, suggestion incoming, team up with Black Rifle Coffee and have uh, callers submit their favorite ideas for a name of a Buck Sexton Black Rifle blend. My submission would be Buck Slapped. It would be a bold flavor that is highly caffeinated. Keep up the good work. Shields high. Um, I love this idea. I think it's a great idea, Evan. So let me give it a little bit of thought and... I'll push it along to the Black Rifle guys. I mean, they're awesome, and they're game for anything that's fun and good good for uh, the brand, good for coffee, good for folks. 
So I just took a note on your note, and I'm hoping to pass it along. Thank you so much. Great idea. Buck Slapped would be a fantastic coffee blend. Dale writes, I've been fired up this weekend over George Will's call to vote for Democrats in the midterms. I have two of the man's books on my shelf and was a longtime fan, but between the classless screed he penned about Billy Graham after the evangelist's death and this last misguided column, I don't know whether to pity as he demonstrates that he is obviously losing his mind or be angry that he is selling out to his employers at the Washington Post, probably both disappointed and disgusted. Dale, uh, Dale, I got to agree with you. And, you know, I think George Will, I think this is true of a lot of people in the space. They are used to a certain degree of importance. And while they've been writing about the movement for a long time and the importance of conservatism, it can often be really the importance of the columnist, the pundit, whomever we're talking about, that that matters most to that person. Uh, I don't know how you could say that you want you know, look, I'll make this real simple. If you are pro-life, I do not understand how you can vote for Democrats. I don't understand how you can do it. I don't understand how you could advocate that anyone else do it. So just based on that alone, George Will's argument to me is incredibly self-serving. And uh, and I think I know he's a bunch older than me and everything else, but I, I think it's uh, childish. I think it's a tantrum. And I also think that it shows you how some people you know, they, they've made a career about it being uh, uh, about their writing and their thoughts being for, you know, the good of conservatism in the country. And now that they feel like they're out in the cold, the country doesn't matter so much anymore. Now they'll push to vote for Democrats. I mean, the party of Warren and Pelosi and Schumer and Maxine Waters. And you know that, that's who they will push for you to vote for. Hmm. I find that, uh, I found it intellectually dishonest, if nothing else. Marcy writes, Shields High Buck, just want to let you know how much you are appreciated. I haven't missed an episode since I first heard you fill in for Rush Limbaugh. Since you're close to the same age as my daughter and use the same vernacular, it's like listening to my girl every day, sort of. Uh, love your new podcast, The Freedom Hunt. I've been waiting for more Buck for a while. Can't get too much Buck. You're the best and always make my day. Thank you for all your hard work. Please keep it up. Support your sponsors. So you can keep going. Well, Marcy, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Very kind note. You've uh, given me a, a little bit of a extra pep in my step today. It's really much appreciated, and please do keep listening. And yes, for all of you listening, you know, whenever you ask, hey, Buck, how can I help? Biggest single thing you can do is tell folks about the show, and but not just tell them, but share the podcast of the show with them. That's the best way to get them listening. Uh, tell them about the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton. And then also, please do... Uh, check out the sponsors that we have. They've all got great products. These are really fantastic companies that I use all the products that I endorse on air. Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm all about being in contact with those folks, making sure that we are telling you as much relevant information as possible about the product. So that really helps too. So please, when I give you that promo code and everything, you know, every, every time you buy some black rifle or you get some, you get a simply safe, you know, you go to simplysafe.com slash buck, any of those things, you are voting for the show. You are making a vote for the show. So thank you. Alan, next up here. Hey, Buck, will you be calling on crowds to scream at Maxine Waters when she goes to a restaurant? You know, Alan, as I've been saying on the show today, it really bothers me. I think this is a bright red line. I don't think that we should be crossing this. And I mean, just some basic respect and decency for our fellow human beings in this country would really go a long way. Uh, you know, it really would. 
And you know, I'm obviously upset about the way Democrats are treating this, the way liberals are approaching this. But I can't say I'm all that surprised. You know, they have elevated emotionalism above reason, and this is the end result of it. And yes, it is very Alinsky-ite, too. There's a lot of Alinsky going on right now. Alinsky with the overwhelming of our border apparatus with all these uh, bogus asylum claims. There's Alinsky with separating and freezing the target, which is what they like to do. Separate the target, freeze the target, and then let it, uh, well, destroy it. And that's, that's what they're doing to people as well. Uh, next up here, Diane. This is regarding Kirsten Nielsen and Sarah Sanders. Both of these women deserve highest praise for their recent behaviors in public restaurants. The Dems are quick to call President Trump Hitler, and yet by such rude behavior by establishments, they are turning Republicans into Anne Frank, causing Republicans to go into hiding to maintain their beliefs. As a more mature female, I want to call the Dems out for their ridiculous behavior. What are they, three? Do they need to be put into timeouts to reflect on what's gotten them into the corner of shame? From Diane. Well, Diane, yeah, they're, they are childish. Oh, they really are. And these policies they're pushing are disgraceful. They are disgraceful. William writes, hold on a second. Yankees talk too fast. We Southerners talk slow, probably because it's so hot. Maybe we talk faster from December through February. Um, and then the things you discuss light a fire in my heart and mind. You endlessly point out what is wrong, but also tell us there's nothing we can do about it. Well, William, I don't say there's nothing you can do about it, but the, the first step in this is uh, the first step in this is always to establish what the problem is. And look, my solution is for people to agree with me. So I'm trying, in a sense, my solution is to get as many folks as possible to understand my arguments, to understand my point of view, to share them and to spread them. You know, that, that's, that's how I think we can solve a lot of this. Because if you're looking for a legis, a pure legislative fix, no, 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 we have to win the argument first. So you're asking me what the solution is. The, the solution is, you know, get 51% of our fellow Americans to agree with what we do here in the hut every day and what we say and how we feel and how we treat each other and what we believe is important. So that would be my, that's an honest, you know, yeah, yeah, I could tell, you know, call your congressman. Sure, that can be helpful sometimes, but it also can be not helpful. It also can do nothing. So it depends on the specifics of the situation. And uh, there you have it. Uh, Alex writes, Star Wars fans are a little annoyed. A human character has been introduced in the latest novel, Last Shot, that doesn't identify as a male or female. Oh, boy. Um, well, you know, Alex, this is the social justice warriors. Nothing will be free of social justice uh, attitudes. Nothing will be, nothing is outside of politics anymore, and this is just what we're seeing, and this is what's going to happen. Uh, Erica writes, I'm willing to pay internet sales tax if it comes to my small rural community. The tax rate should be based on a combination of mailing address of credit card bill or bank account linked to a pay service and the delivery address. Uh, but something for yourself delivered to your house and all your tax money stays local. Have your tax rate and taxes collected by the credit card companies and have them pay quarterly to each state. Each state can do the country and city splitting. Hmm. Interesting, Erica. I like the tax analysis, and uh, I appreciate you very, very much sharing it with us. Team, that's going to be it for today. Remember, this Wednesday, the Freedom Hub with Buck Sexton podcast will be released. So uh, please go on iTunes and click subscribe. 
We'll talk martial arts. We'll have Kami Bear. It will be Magnifico. I think that's a word. Magnifique. That's definitely a word. It's going to be a great podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. And maybe we'll even have a couple of drinks beforehand just to get the, just to get the party started. I'm just kidding. Or am I? Uh, join me tomorrow here in the Freedom Hunt and every day this week. Oh, and if you uh, like the Facebook Live from the Freedom Hut, let me know and give any thoughts you can on that one. That's something we're thinking about really getting into here. Until next time, team. Shields high. FBI knows this. You should know it, too. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes out there. Embrace yourself because having your credit card stolen is nothing compared to the hell you're in for once an identity thief takes control of your home's title. You know, everything is stored online these days, including your home's title, and that means that international thieves can just get access to it if they have an internet terminal. And what they do is they take your home's title, they replace you with an alias, and then borrow every penny they can off your home's equity, and then you get stuck with the payments. By the time you find out, my friends, it can be too late. Identity theft programs and insurance policies do not protect you. But for just pennies a day, Home Title Lock can. Home Title Lock protects my most valuable asset, my family home. Register now for a free analysis and discover if your home's title has been compromised. That's a $60 value free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com.